Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I am your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we'll meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and heal, even under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who, in this time of crisis, are offering their hearts and talents to all of us. And I'm very happy today to have as our guest, Beth Mendoza, who is a certified spiritual healer and the owner of Evolution. Welcome, Beth. Hi, Tom. Thank you so much for having me this afternoon. Well, it's so nice that you're here. And I'm interested in learning more about what is, what is your spiritual practice, your whole healing practice that you do? Um, well, my purpose is to help people define value and create passion for their own path to health and wellness. And um, while um, guiding them through that and helping them to figure out what works best with their lifestyle and their bodies and their financial situation, I provide specific services as well. Um, I provide raindrop sessions, yoga, breathing, meditation, um, privately workshops and within retreats as well. That's a, a wide range of healing practices. That's wonderful. Tell, tell me about, I, I think I know about, is there anything different about yoga? I shouldn't ask it this way. Tell me about your yoga practice. I think I understand yoga practice, but you may have a different approach to it. Well, the word yoga means to join, to yoke, to join together. And so um, my specific yoga practice, which is based in traditional yoga, um, and understanding the postures and the bodies and what is going on inside your body as you're performing the postures. Um, in addition, I follow a more seasonal based yoga practice. So in other words, I find being in sync with the seasons and what's going on around me to be of great value. So I do like I'm in spring right now. So I'm doing more of a healing type of practice, one that is preparing me for my summer and the ability to have long days and um, be on the go and enjoy the warm weather. But right now I'm in spring. So I'm kind of having more of a spring practice where I'm working in certain areas in conjunction with the weather. That's a little bit like preparing the earth, it sounds like, for, for, for flowering. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's That's exactly lovely. the same way. That's lovely. How long have you been doing? You've been doing yoga for a long time. Is that not right? Yes, for over 21 years now. And how did you come to it? What, what, what brought you to yoga? Was it something you had always done as, it, as growing up or is it something you came to later? No, actually, my very first exposure was um, I was working in a corporate job and they offered it in the gym. So I took one class there. Um, but I was not actually able to really dive deeply into it till I became a stay-at-home mom and I would go to a night class. And then I, it, and then I really was able to find the value in it and to um, see how powerful it can be as far as resetting the body and understanding the mind and where you are in time and space. Well, that sounds lovely. And uh, how many children do you have? Uh, two boys. Well, they're not children anymore. They are men. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I think, think of my daughters as children, but they're all grown up. <laughs> they wouldn't like the word. <laughs> yeah, 29 and 26 this year, so. 
That's lovely. That's lovely. So you mentioned something else here, and I know it's part of what you do, is this rainbow technique. That has to do with essential oils. Is that right? Yes. And it's kind of funny you called it rainbow because everybody calls it rainbow. It's actually a raindrop. <laughs> oh, you know, you're right. I'm looking at it. It says raindrop and I'm reading it as rainbow. What are we doing? Our minds are amazing. I find it very interesting. Everybody calls it a rainbow. Everybody asks me about the <laughs> rainbow. <laughs> like, okay. Um, which is interesting because the rainbow is is what you see at the end of a storm, right? <laughs> right, yes. I thought rainbow was a perfect perfect healing type of um, symbol. Right, right. Um, so it's called raindrop. And one of the reasons why it's called raindrop is the way you apply the oils to to the spine. So you, you're dropping them approximately six inches above the spine, just like a raindrop falling. So that's why they actually call it a raindrop. Um, well, but yes, it is a um, process of applying um, about seven oils to the body in a certain, certain sequence using what is called VitaFlex, which is a very old Tibetan process of stimulating the nervous system. And so each of the oils um, is then absorbed into the skin through, through the cells and provides a healing um, whether it be opening up the cells or detoxing the cells or closing the cells. And does so this go up and down the back? I mean, do you start at the top of the spine and work down? Um, actually, you start on the feet. Oh, so okay. You, you'll start the whole process on the feet and you'll layer the oils up the spine of the foot. And then you move from the base of the spine up to the top of the neck. So That's then you lovely. put it right on the spine. And those drops are healing drops. How long might they last? I mean, how often would, would one want to be doing that in order to really feel the effects of it? Well, it, it, like anything else in life, it's, it's personal by nature. Um, some people need to come a little more often depending on what they're dealing with physically, if they have some ailments and, and their body is detoxing. Other people can come less often and just use it as just an adjunct to adding to their immune system and their cellular um, health. So it depends on the person and what they're working toward. Right. And is this, I assume this is fine for everybody, whether it's an adult or a child. Yes. Yes. Anybody can do it. There are certain protocols in people that are dealing with certain issues where I would not put heat at the end, um, if someone has multiple sclerosis, I wouldn't put heat uh, heating pad on them. I would use more of a cold compress, but um, basically everybody can do it. It's very simple and very therapeutic. And if it's, you know, and if it's too much for someone you can always just put it on their feet um, and then just, you know, support the work in the spine as necessary. How can you describe for someone who doesn't know anything about it, how this works? How do the drops help to heal? What, what happens? Well, each of the, um, well, essential oils are based on organic chemistry. And what happens is each of the oils um, provides a service uh, to the cell. So in other words, some oils are going to um, have the cells open. Um, so they're going to stimulate the cells to open and they might be um, provide other aspects as well where they could um, uh, support uh, antispermatic or cardiovascular. Um, the, um, I'll give you a real quick um, breakdown. The, the basil that we use is sure. antispermatic. Um, we use cypress, which is cardiovascular system. 
the marjoram is involuntary muscle support. Oregano battles harmful invaders. Uh, peppermint is synergistic driver. Thyme is an immune system support. And wintergreen is discomfort management. We also use OrthoEase for a massage, which is a combination and it helps with the tired muscular system. And the Valor blend is like considered a chiropractic in the bottle. Um, it's used quite often and it is uh, balances the bodies. It will balance the body while promoting natural structural alignment. And That's fascinating. In, yeah, and it, it locks in the adjustments made by the other um, raindrop oils. That is fascinating because when you say the chiropractic, in, you know, in, in that form, chiropractic is, is quite an involved process. Right. So the Valor is considered the chiropractor. It, it, it comes in and just settles everything and puts it right into place. So. Nice. So all of, theoretically, each time a person would have all of those drops, each yes. one of those? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Each time That's it's a process. Cool. It takes about an hour um, combined with the VitaFlex, which is the stimulating of the nervous system and different um, techniques of uh, feathering and um, massaging the back and the feet. And what do most of your clients come to you for? It's a combination. Um, I've had, I, you know, I, I work with people. Um, I am going to be teaching yoga again. So I am looking for a location to teach my seasonal classes. Due to the pandemic, I, I closed down my classes, but I will be opening that back up. Um, so I do have yoga students. I have people that I work with with their breathing. Um, really understanding the power of the breath and, and the ability to release tension and reset the nervous system. Um, because if you're having difficulty breathing um, because of tightness in the body, it makes it very hard to be comfortable in the body and also to get the oxygen levels that you need and to be supportive of what's going on. So I do work with that as well. Um, I teach meditation as well and um, raindrop. So um, Basically, I'm kind of, I have clients that take a little bit of all of them. That's so lovely. I have, yep, I have some clients that have a raindrop. And then when I'm doing workshops, I have other clients that work with the um, meditating and the breathing. And then, um, you know, I also have yoga students. And how has it been for you? You mentioned the pandemic, which hopefully we're coming out of at this point. But how has it been for you these last two years? And you said you had to close your yoga studio well i didn't have a yoga studio i was i was teaching in in a public area in a public okay. studio um and i did have to um pull back on my classes and because of the pandemic a lot of people were not really looking for that hands-on they weren't looking for that so during the pandemic i actually got together with a couple of other counselors and we provided um workshops on zoom where we would come together weekly and just, you know, talk, um, get a pulse, be there for each other. And then I would do the breathing and the meditations. Um, now that we are coming out of the pandemic, I'm starting to get uh, clients in for the raindrop. And I'm, like I said, I will be looking for um, a location in which to have the seasonal yoga classes again, and then probably um, consider maybe some retreats or workshops in the future. That's very lovely. 
What do you have you found in these last couple of years that people, because of the pandemic, have been needing and wanting? Um, I, th I think people are trying to get back into their, their bodies and be comfortable again. Um, I'm feeling like people need to feel as if their bodies are healthy, um, that they are, they can reset their nervous systems. I, I, it's not too many people I know that are actually sleeping through the night anymore. Um, people are struggling with um, just being comfortable again. And I don't think it's just the pandemic. I ju it just seems to be everything that's going on globally as well. Um, that does have that trickle down effect. So I'm finding more people are looking for the therapeutics, the, the, um, the touch. They're starting to look for that gentle touch again. They're looking for yeah. other ways to reset their nervous systems and be with themselves again, even when they are uncomfortable. I think that that's one of the hardest things is to be content even when things are not perfect or right or um, feel comfortable. And well, that, that's an interesting statement because I think most people might say that I can only be content when things are right. And you're talking about how, how can you be content when the world is what it is? Yes. Yes. And when things are out of your control and how can you find those small moments and, um, you know, how can you be content maybe with some, if you can't control everything that's going on, how can you be content with the small things that you can? And if you're feeling overwhelmed and all these things that we have been going through, and it just seems like they're not really stopping anytime soon. Um, it seems to be a roller coaster up and down, changing from hour to hour, just like the weather. We were just talking about the weather. Yes, <laughs> so yeah. then it's, it seems to be the way life is today. And so how can you be present with whatever you're dealing with, but also connected internally? How can you be maybe uncomfortable feeling anxiety, yet still be able to breathe, knowing it's going to pass, understanding what it is that's going on inside of you or what you're dealing with externally. So I'm finding people are trying to reset their connections with themselves. Yes. <clears throat> well, also, I believe from what I've been listening to people talk is people are trying to rethink you know, who they are, what they do, and who, what's really important to them. You know, whether it's, again, taking care of your health or, your, or changing your job. I mean, maybe going from corporate to teaching yoga, who knows, but lots of different right. things. When, when you talk about spiritual healing, what is your meaning of spiritual healing? Um. Basically, uh, spiritual healing is kind of what you were just talking about. It's getting back to your personal connection with yourself, intuitively knowing what's right for you. I think sometimes we live our lives guided by, don't get me wrong, there are laws, there are things that we have to do. But sometimes um, our exposure growing up or... Um, things that we're taught have a tendency to create certain beliefs about the way we should be or right. the way we should li live our lives. And it might kind of not be intuitively correct for you. So 
getting back to uh, spiritual healing is getting back to what intuitively feels right for you, what works well for you. And the ability to have a relationship with your body that you can understand it, um, not constantly try to change it or fight with it or be in conflict with, with yourself, but to understand the connection with your body, um, to use the power of your mind. And together, just like with yoga, yoking that and creating a very um, synergistic relationship between yourself would, and what you intuitively know to be correct for yourself. The word you keep using, and I totally support it, is intuitive. Mm. To know that we have intuition and that it's okay to have intuition. Yes. That it's not just that the book says one and one is two. Do you know that it is? Do you feel that it is? Does your intuition tell you that's right? Yes. Yes. And so, and I, yeah. yeah. I think that so many people are coming in during this pandemic, also coming out of this thing, they're getting a feeling like I haven't been doing what's right for me for a while, whether it's the work they're doing or the food they're eating or any number of things. And that would be getting back to themselves, I guess. Yes, it's true. It's, it's rather interesting how people had different approaches to the pandemic, but the, the, if you can look at it as, as it was an opportunity, um, things were taken away or you were more confined, but it gave you an opportunity to really be with yourself or you know, to, to really sit with yourself and ask certain questions during those times and to notice changes in your habits. I don't think people realize that um, how much that they do go through a day that is habitual by nature, that they don't really think about what they're doing. They don't truly become mindful. So, um, oh, I, I got up and the first thing you do is you get a cup of coffee or you run to Dunkin' Donuts or this, that, and the other thing. And you don't ask yourself, do I need this today? Is this the first thing I should be putting in my body? Um, so having this stop and halt to what was a normal lifestyle and habits allowed people that opportunity to ask themselves those questions that they normally don't ask. Yeah, it's way. been a, absolutely a time of questioning and, and a time of, can I, I'm just gonna sit here and do nothing or can I get some phys physical help? Like I imagine you do yoga classes online so I know some people love to go to yoga classes, but they can't go outside for it. They could do it on a Zoom call. And uh, have you been able to do that? With well, no, I, di I didn't do online uh, yoga classes. I did the workshops online with the um, breathing and meditation, but I didn't actually do the yoga classes. I'm not set up with a camera to do stuff like that online. So I didn't, I didn't take that next level. Um, plus I find my yoga classes being in a room with somebody and actually working with them to be the best work that I can possibly do. Is it the um, physical presence, the sense of presence? Yes, because as a teacher, I'm always processing and taking information in. And part of that um, is understanding the energy that I'm working with right there and then. And so being in a room with somebody and somebody that might be struggling in a posture and I can gently put my hand on a shoulder or pick up a cue as to where they're not grounded inside their body. I wouldn't be able to do that if it was online. So um, for me, right. being present with the student is very important as far as teaching is concerned. Um, so mostly you were doing meditation and 
mm-hmm. that and online we, uh, this, during this pandemic? Mm-hmm. Uh, meditations and different forms of breathing. And, and now recently uh, the raindrops have started again. And so I feel as if I'm noticing a lot more classes. So I'll start to look for where I can teach the seasonal. Classes. Are we talking? Are we talking about some of the quote advantages or the, the benefits that came from being shut down and doing Zoom and was to have people from all over the world. I mean, you can do a meditation class with people tuning in from Europe or from other places. Yes. And that's very interesting. That's one of the things that benefited me here with my podcast. I now can talk to people and do a recording like we're doing anywhere, whether it's Canada, United States, Europe, and I've mm-hmm. done that. And uh, yeah. it makes for a, ver- a more varied life for me. And I think also for the people who listen to a show. Um, and I think for you to, to be in touch with other people. Uh, you were involved with a group, are you not, of healers? You were mentioning that. What's that well, group like? Well, it's called the Powerful Collective. And what we actually did, and so it's rather interesting, you were talking about the pandemic. So what happened within the first week or two, we were a group of friends that worked together. And we started talking about the different things that we were kind of going through. Like at one point I walked in the supermarket um, and I had an anxiety attack. And I've never had an anxiety attack out in public like that before, but it was overwhelming. And so, you know, we started to talk about the different things that we were going through. Um, My husband worked and he would come home and after dealing all day with all this stuff, you know, when I was home, we would have to regroup and, you know, kind of resettle ourselves. So the four of us would talk about some of the stuff that we were going through. And, and then we would talk about different ways that we can kind of work with it. Um, we did a little Qigong. I did the breathing. Um, another coach would prompt and ask questions and have us journal. Um, And we realized that we were getting a great deal out of it. And so we decided to offer it out to the public. It it was a free service, actually. Um, That's lovely. Yeah, we felt that uh, people could benefit from from it. So we offered it out to our clients. We offered it out to our friends. We offered it out to other people that we worked with um, to just kind of get together and talk about what you're dealing with and, and maybe start journaling or learn how to breathe or you know sit and meditate for five minutes with us at the end of the week and maybe you'll feel better and people were getting a great deal out of it so it definitely was very supportive in in the beginning um to help people to kind of assimilate into all the changes and the the constant not knowing and not knowing yes living with not knowing that's a hard one yes are you still offering that class? No, no, we've, um, we've uh, probably within the past uh, six to eight months, it's kind of, we, we realized that uh, people were out and about now and, and it served its purpose. So no, well, yeah, it did, doing that it what you wanted it to do and to help people. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's very interesting that part about not knowing. And that was one of the, that is one of the biggest things about the virus and not knowing, am I going to get it? Who? Who's going to get it? Is someone in my family going to get it? How sick are we going to be if we get it? Um, and, and how do we deal with it, prevent it, whatever the words are that you want. But living in that not knowing, like, what's it going to be like when we go back to work? What's yes. it going to be like for you when you have a space again? What's mm-hmm. it going to be like for any of any of the companies that have 
offices? Do they fill them up or not? I know. So staying in the present moment during periods of not knowing, trying not to rush ahead of yourself, um, to think constantly think of the future and trying not to get caught in, the, caught in the past. So if you're caught in the past, you could easily get depressed as a result of seeing all the changes and things aren't the same anymore. And if you're constantly running into the future, it could easily create these anxieties or fears and worries. So being in the present moment and being in the present moment within yourself, um, the ability to breathe and notice whatever reactions or emotions you're processing. And also taking a moment when you're dealing with other people to realize that they are in the same boat as you. Um, we forget, you know, and we could easily be reactive to someone that is not going through the process easily, that they might be struggling or they might have more on their plate than you could even imagine. And so giving that moment of grace um, trying not to be overly reactive in difficult situations and just pausing, pausing and moment of grace and, and allowing yourself to uh, stay present for yourself. And remember, whatever you give out is something yeah. that vibrates out in this world. So um, think sometimes before. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And being present for yourself and for others. I mean, we were so isolated. But we did have the Zoom, but then there were people with different opinions. But but you could be you could be with them anyway, because as long as you just hold yourself together and be one time at one minute at a time. Yes, that's that's yes. the the and you know it's interesting the word you just used isolation. I think um, a lot of people felt that. A lot yes, of very much that. so. It was very hard. It was, you know, we had, uh, but my wife and here, I were here. We had our 25-year-old daughter who has moved out since, but was at the beginning was here. And the three of us are looking at each other and going, well, we love each other, but isn't there anything else to do? <laughs> and it was hard. Uh, it is hard. And, you know, and therefore, we all, had to find, we all had to find who we were and what, what it was we needed to do. In the case of our daughter, she, she needed to be with people in her 20s, and so she moved out. And that made t total sense after, you know, we got over the fact that not everyone's going to die instantly here. Yes, uh, but it took a while, right? It did. <laughs> all, it did. We all thought there was going to be this, you know, there was the initial wave that came in and the initial wave of fear. Um, but you are right. Depending on your age also was a very different reaction. You know, Absolutely. so if you, you have someone in their 80s as compared to, like you said, a 20-year-old, so 20 year old is dealing with not being able to live their lives and do the normal things that they can do and be with their friends and move ahead socially as well as financially, you know? Right. Uh, and then you have the, the 80 year old who is afraid to go out into pu in public. You know, they don't yeah. wanna get sick. You know, they don't want to, they don't know how their body's gonna react. So there are a lot They're of- They're already vulnerable and this increases the vulnerability. Exactly. And yes. it, it's not just the physical vulnerability, it's the emotional vulnerability. Right. You right. know, um, dealing with the fact that things are not the same. I, I hear it all the time. Um, you know, I have my 83 year old mother-in-law and, you know, you hear about it all the time. The changes that are going on is so devastating to what they believe life is supposed to be. Life is used to what you've been used to with life being. 
Yes. And it is different and it's going to get much more different now that we've all gone through this and we're on the other, almost on the other side and moving towards it. How do we, and there's even more need, I think, for the work that you do, offering people how to get back in their body, how to get in your body when you're out on the street now, instead of just being at home, yes. when you're actually going places, traveling, whatever, yes. yeah. how to stay healthy and all yep. of that. How, how do you adapt? The other side of the coin is, you know, uh, really understanding maybe your mind is creating a story. So knowing when something is intuition and a correct understanding and, or when you're dealing with a fear in your mind, right. and you've created a fear and you don't know how to get over it. So, um, you know, the mind is a powerful thing, but it can break you down or it, it can add to your life as well. So it's important to remember that as well. Yeah, and it's important to be able to say to the quote mind, that's not true. Right. Actually, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. To be able to do that. Yeah. And to also the other side of the coin is the ability to process the emotions. You never want to stop the processing of the emotion. Right. You can't ignore your emotions. Um, they're part of being human. And exactly. so there, there are some easily processed ones like happiness and joy and things like that. And then there are the more difficult ones. And, and yet they are still part of the process. And if you ignore them and you don't give them a moment or an acknowledgement, they kind of get we in in yoga we used to say your issues are in your tissues <laughs> <laughs> they kind of get a little stuck in the body you know yes. um if you're someone that um you don't grieve well or you don't process sadness take a moment to process it um it doesn't mean you have to live in it but you just process it for a moment and give it a, a moment to move through the body it can get stuck around your heart and you can close your chest down and it'll change the way you stand and hold yourself because you feel the need to protect. And, and that will lead you to somebody like yourself to say, help me, help me with my body, please. Or I, I want to get back into my body. I want to feel my body. In. I want to Understand. feel my body again. I want to sense uh, it. Yep. And, or I want to feel comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because a lot of people that come to me are, some of them are dealing with disease. Some, uh, some of them are dealing with a great deal of family stress. Um, so they're learning to breathe, let go, be comfortable inside themselves. And I, like I said, I love my yoga practice being seasonally based. Um, I get a lot of people that come to me and they're like, I can't stand spring or I hate winter or they have so many reasons why they don't like the four seasons. And I'm like, but you don't understand there's such power in, in this time right. on, on the earth. And it's a gift to be in the spring and the winters are a gift and the summers are a gift as well. But it's funny how people have gotten very sensitive to not being in their favorite season. They want to exactly. rush their life away. Right. <laughs> Well, that's very true. Well, you know, this has been fascinating. And I just realized as we're talking, I'm getting so involved, I've lost track of time to some degree. We're almost out of time. Thank you for this wonderful conversation. But before we go, if somebody who is listening to us now would like to get in touch with you, find out more about what we've been talking about, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Well, the best way is to actually call me. My cell phone is 914-441-2042. And my email 
is B's and Boy, T's and Tom, M's and I'm sorry, say that one again. I missed it. Um, my email is uh, B's and Boy, T's and Tom, M's and Mary, Doza, D O Z A, at AOL.com. At AOL.com. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Well, this has been just it's delightful. I thank you for being on here, giving more information and giving us all if the sense that is I've been looking forward to each time I talk to someone each week, that people are doing wonderful things during the whole of this pandemic and beyond, before, now, and beyond, yes. and that you will be doing it again and continuing doing it. So thank you for doing all that you are doing. Thank you, Tom, and thank, thank you for giving us all an opportunity to speak and uh, to be with you as well. My pleasure, thank you.